The exciting conclusion to the David and Goliath story, 1 Samuel 17. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew nearer to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand into his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead The stone sunk deeply into the forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, striking down the Philistine and killing him. There was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine. He grasped his sword, drew it out of its sheath, and killed him. Then he cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Wednesday night, our Davis Christian Life Center rang out with the lyrics, My God is powerful. He reigns invincible. I will hold on to Him. Children and adults had sung that same song the night before, Tuesday night. The night before, those tragic events at Mount Emmanuel AME's Bible study. Then the next night, we unknowingly sang those very same words during the events in Charleston. And then again on Thursday night, many of us knowing what had now transpired, sang them again. The words didn't change, the tune didn't change, but for some of us the song sounded different Thursday night. My God is powerful, He reigns invincible, I will hold on to Him. 
That song was rolling around in my head after Bible school. I thought about the tune. I thought about the words. I confess that I wondered if this song wasn't just something we tell our children to believe, but expect them to outgrow when life gets troubling, when they get afraid, when they get disgusted by the real world. Then I joined many of you at Mount Zion AME Church on Friday. And standing in a packed room, a diverse crowd gathered. And what struck me was how quickly and how strongly the calls came for turning to God and turning to each other and not turning to vengeance. The loudest and longest ovation that day followed the prayer of forgiveness for the perpetrator and the reminder that we are indeed our brothers and sisters' keepers. Two days, two days removed from the horrific act that makes us feel vulnerable, sad, and angry. Two days after a hate crime ended the lives of those gathered in God's name to study the Prince of Peace. Just two days later, relatives and friends and colleagues of the deceased were standing in Mount Zion Church right down this street proclaiming that God is present and that God will win. And standing there on that Friday, I knew that that song we sang in Bible school wasn't just for children after all. That those with far too many reasons to question the lyrics were still able to say, My God is powerful. He stands invincible. I will hold on to Him. And if they can, I can. If they can trust the law enforcement professionals to do their job in dealing with the unlikely possibility, and it is unlikely, no matter how much time we spend thinking about it, if those leaders can gather together and trust that the law enforcement professionals will handle their part of the job, then we can trust them to do that. And if we can trust them to do that, then that will allow us to invest our energies where the church excels. We can pray for peace and for consolation. We can work for justice and for better communities. We can be intentional about reconciliation that shows anyone motivated to harm someone because of how he or she looks or who he or she is, that that person is out of step with the Lord we follow. We will show them by walking alongside those they seek to harm.
Today we've heard, read the story of David and Goliath. A story that is too often reduced to just a child's tale. The underdog defeats the favorite. It's what we love to watch in movies and sports. But what we doubt usually can happen in the real world. So let me give you the grown-up version. David's was not a surprise victory after all. Saul doubted it would happen. He was surprised by it. Israel was surprised by David's victory. The Philistines were surprised by victory. Goliath was surprised by David's victory. But David was not surprised by his victory. And God was not surprised by David's victory. David didn't take a knife to a gunfight. He took a gun to a knife fight. See, Saul had dressed David to go into a sword battle. And Goliath had goaded David into a sword battle. But David took the weapon he knew how to use. The trusty sling that God had trained him on when he was defending his sheep from lions and from bears. The weapon that he could use best. Rather than accept someone else's terms that would certainly lead to his defeat. David made the terms his, which led to his victory. Only David wouldn't have said it that way. In his mind, he hadn't defeated the lions and the bears, and he wouldn't be the one to defeat Goliath. God gave him those skills. God gave him that confidence. And God gave him the victory. The battle is the Lord's, David said, as he prepared for what everyone else thought would be his last battle. I don't know what to make of David claiming that God doesn't save by sword or spear, only to say that he saved him with slingshot and rock. I don't know how I feel about David and the many since who claim that God isn't on their side when it comes to bloodshed. But I will join David and the men and women who gathered at Mount Zion Church on Friday to proclaim that the battle is the Lord's. The battle against racism is the Lord's. The battle against poverty is the Lord's. The battle against inadequate education is the Lord's. The battle against intimidation and intolerance is the Lord's. The battle against whatever it is in this world that made that boy think that what he did Wednesday was right And the battle against whatever it is in this world that makes the terror groups think what they are up to is right. The battle against whatever it is that replaces love with hatred in the hearts of men and women. That battle is the Lord's. And it is the people of the Lord who must join in that battle.
not with slingshots and swords, but with faith, love, and mercy that bring about action. When they do, when we do, we will, like David, join God in slaying the giants among us. Those giants that are bigger than any one of us could slay on our own. God will get the victory. I know. Because my God is powerful. He reigns invincible. So I will hold on to Him.